Good mornings, I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up today, overcoming the biggest challenge holding back widespread adoption of electric vehicles, the lack of charging stations, especially in non-urban areas. Also this morning, an important deadline today for those who get coverage through the government's healthcare.gov marketplace. It's the final opportunity to make changes that will take effect on January 1st. We'll tell you what you need to know. To your health this morning, more heart attacks happen at this time of year than any other. We have advice on how to have a heart-healthy holiday season. And more deals and steals if you still need gift ideas, plus other ways to make your holiday merry and bright with the modern man, Mike Mako, Trends Editor of the Daily National. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Thursday, December 15th, 2022. I don't know if you heard this or not. PNC Bank, as they have done for the last 39 years, has calculated the true cost of the gifts from the famous holiday song, The 12 Days of Christmas. PNC's Christmas Price Index, based on the price of the gifts in the song, is up by 10.5%. In 2022, it is the third highest year-over-year increase in the 39-year history of PNC's whimsical holiday tradition, it says here. In the press release, have it in my hand here. The overall cost to buy all 12 gifts in the song is a record $45,523.27 for the 2022 Christmas season. Birds, it says here, comprise half of the gifts in the index and... An overall increase in bird and feed prices are one of the major factors in this year's cost. Prices for the turtle doves, French hens, and geese all jumped by at least 9%. The partridge and its pear tree grew by nearly 26%, primarily due to increased costs of fertilizer for the tree. All right. Uh, Prices... (laughs) Prices in the service economy also jumped in 2022, reflected in the cost of the performance-based gifts in the back half of the shopping list. Wage and labor cost growth drove prices higher for the nine ladies dancing, the 11 pipers piping, and the 12 drummers drumming. The 10 lords a-leaping, priced on the cost of hiring a ballet company, grew an astounding 24% year-over-year to $13,980, supplanting the swans as the most expensive single gift in the index. The rising costs of goods and services due to inflation likely sent some investors seeking gold, and that resulted in growing prices for the precious metal in the fifth day of Christmas, a 39% increase in the cost of five gold rings, the largest year-over-year percentage increase for any of the gifts in the index. And the good news here, despite the effects of inflation on holiday gift-giving, there are a few gifts that saw no price increase. In 2022, the four calling birds and seven swans a-swimming remain at their 2021 price levels. And while some state and local minimum wage levels have risen in recent years, the federal minimum wage remains unchanged since 2009, meaning the eight maids of milking is yet again only $58, the least expensive gift in the index. So now you know. 
That is $45,523.27 to purchase all of the gifts. 12 days of Christmas here. Uh, Some big news. This is uh, definitely one of the first things you need to know this morning. And I'm not sure why uh, this is not a bigger story in the news. It has been overshadowed by some of the other headlines, but I want to make sure that you are aware the House of Representatives expected to vote today on a bill that would allow residents of Puerto Rico to vote in next year's elections on whether they would like to become the 51st U.S. state. The question would also include options for Puerto Rico to become an independent nation or to be independent but allied to the U.S. by treaty. Currently, Puerto Rico is a commonwealth of the U.S. Its residents are citizens and pay taxes, but they cannot vote for president and they have no voting representation in Congress. So it uh, sounds like if this uh, if this bill passes today, the House, ultimately residents there, Puerto Rico, could decide to leave things as they are or go full out for statehood or full out for independence. So we'll see how that uh, how that goes. There's been a movement for quite some time to grant Puerto Rico statehood and in recent years there has been a an opposite movement for Puerto Rico to get its independence, complete independence from the US. So, it'll be interesting to see if this bill passes and this vote takes place. Uh, how the people of Puerto Rico actually feel about that. uh, One of the things, it's odd, one of the things that they say uh, would be complicated if uh, Puerto Rico would become the 51st state is how do we add one more star to the U.S. flag? Um, How would you design a 51-star flag? It might look kind of funky. So, Anyway, I don't know that that's the main consideration, but it is certainly a consideration, I would say. This is kind of interesting. We always have something to have to have something to worry about or be concerned about or, you know, something like that. And I guess this would fall into that category. It's another fallout from the pandemic. It says here people say that time is relative and it certainly applies when it comes to life altering circumstances like the global pandemic. Many people's perception of time was altered after being stuck at home for hours and days on end with their roommates, their kids, their work from home orders, and so on, to the height of the lockdown, it changed our perspective, our perspective of time. When life changes, time changes, says one psychologist who led several global surveys during the darkest days of the pandemic. They said uh, researchers found that worry over things like, uh, or, or things that were out of uh Well, let me restart here. It says uh, researchers found that worry about things that are out of our control that alter our routines can warp the perception of time and make things appear to be moving much more slowly than they actually are. So what it doesn't say, what this report doesn't say is whether or not as we get back to normal, our perception of time uh, returns to normal as well, or do we have a permanently altered perception of time? It doesn't say, but I guess in that respect, that is something to be worried about, concerned about. 
alter our perception of time. Interesting. We talk about all of the different ways that the pandemic impacted our lives. That may be one of the most significant, I would think. Uh, Really kind of uh, amazing science news. The Perseverance rover, NASA's rover on Mars, has captured the first sound of a Martian dust devil. Now, you know what dust devils are. They're like mini tornadoes that uh, pop up in usually in the summertime and usually in very dry, arid uh, conditions where you get uh, crosswinds and uh, this little dust devil pops up. It's like a mini tornado. doesn't really damage anything, but they're kind of wild to see. If you've never seen one, uh, they're, they're really uh, kind, of, uh, kind of freaky, but really fascinating, too. T- scientists released audio earlier this week of a dust devil passing directly over the Mars rover. Uh, and again, doesn't cause any damage. They're not strong enough to cause damage, but the uh, study says a whirlwind about 400 feet high and spinning at about 25 miles an hour passed over the uh, rover back in September of 2021. And we just uh, got the audio of it released earlier this week. The, uh, Co-author of the study says the microphone on the Mars rover is turned on for less than three minutes each day, so it was extremely fortunate, very lucky, that they were able to capture the audio at just the right time. 400-foot-high dust devil is actually pretty big. Most of the ones that I have ever seen have only been maybe 5 or 10 feet, uh, and 25 miles an hour is a pretty strong dust devil as those things go, as compared to how they happen on Earth. But again, this is Mars. So they say the recording will help scientists understand atmospheric turbulence on the planet Mars. So really interesting stuff there and very uh, fortunate. And we got the uh, captured the sound of the dust devil. Wow. And uh, here is our obligatory uh, Christmas item here. Holiday item. Uh, you know, there are 10 shopping days until Christmas now. We're getting into crunch time. If you still have people to buy for on your list, and it is no surprise that finding the perfect gift for that special someone can be a challenge. We've all experienced that, trying to find just the perfect gift for someone special. And... What is surprising, according to this new poll, is how many people actually enjoy the thrill of the hunt. Uh, 2,000 American adults in a survey, 7 in 10 say looking for the right gift is exciting. Even if they're having a hard time finding it, it's the thrill of the hunt that they enjoy. 65% compared looking for that present, that perfect present, to hunting for a hidden treasure. Um, 57% say that they keep a backup gift idea in their mind if needed, even though they're still looking for that. And I've done that. I've done that for my wife. I've done that for my kids. Uh, As a matter of fact, my wife and I were talking about this last night, kind of finalizing our gift list and what we still have to buy for and, um, and what and who we still have to buy or who we have to buy and what we're going to get. And, uh, you know, we've got some backup gifts. Yeah, that would be okay for so-and-so. It's not really exactly what we were thinking, but it'll do. 
You know what I mean? One of those gifts. Um, now, the flip side of that is, can you tell if somebody has bought you that backup gift? Do you, do you know <laughs> when you open your gifts on Christmas morning whether you got the perfect gift or just the backup gift? <laughs> uh, just kind of interesting. Um, it says here, uh, 80% say despite the challenges, they have managed to find what they have been searching for this year. 55% say it is extremely satisfying when they manage to score the seemingly impossible gift. Um, and the average shopper is willing to wait three weeks to land that perfect gift, according to the uh, poll commissioned by BJ's Wholesale Club, by the way, the retailer. Um, but I don't know. At this point, you can't wait three weeks. I mean, you're unless you are having a very belated Christmas celebration with someone, you better get on the stick. But there you go. Some of the most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your Thursday morning started. WFIN News, I'm Matt Demchek. Your WTOL 11 weather, partly to mostly cloudy today with a high of 48, partly cloudy tonight, a low of 32. Fallen Bluffton police officer Dominic Francis was honored on the floor of the Ohio House of Representatives. State Rep John Cross says a bill to rename Interstate 75 between mile markers 139 and 143 as the Officer Dominic Francis Memorial Highway has been added to an omnibus house bill. We do this because we are going to make Officer Francis a part of history forever by recognizing him here on the Ohio House floor today. God bless you and thank you. Officer Francis was hit and killed on I-75 on March 31st when he was placing stop sticks on the highway to stop a car that was fleeing from police. Get more on the website. A bill has cleared the Ohio Senate that would require Ohioans to present photo ID to vote and give them fewer days to apply for absentee ballots or to vote early in person. The legislation is the more stringent of two sweeping election law overhauls speeding through the statehouse in the final days of the legislative session. Democrats and voting rights advocates have blasted both measures as creating a litany of unnecessary new hurdles for Ohio voters. GOP lawmakers say they're protecting the integrity of Ohio's elections. Neither bill's fate is secured as the lame duck session nears its end. Dave James, in News. A popular convenience store chain on the East Coast is coming to the Buckeye State. Wawa announced it plans to expand to the Midwest and open up new stores in Ohio, Indiana, and Kentucky. No word on where they want to build exactly, but the company is expected to announce the number of stores sometime next year, and they're expected to open after 2025. That's WTOL 11's Jeff Smith. Liberty Benton Local Schools says its school buses are getting a new look this week. All school buses in the state are now required to have the word stop and reflective red lettering on the back doors. The current lettering is black and not reflective. Liberty Benton says it's received its ODOT-supplied letters and has begun the replacement process. The school district said on its Facebook page this will make their buses easier to see at night, and it looks pretty cool, too. See pictures on our website. I'm Matt Demchek for 1330 WFIN and 95.5 FM. So as we were talking about yesterday, electric vehicles are the way of the future. And if you need any more proof, just look at the number of trucks and SUVs that are either on the market now or coming soon. It's not just cars, which are a shrinking segment of vehicle sales overall. 
It's the types of vehicles that people are actually buying that are going electric. But that means we're going to need more places to charge them. In Ohio, EV drivers will soon have more places to do that as General Motors dealers are set to install charging stations in underserved communities where EV charging is often limited or non-existent. It's part of GM's new dealer community charging program. And joining us is Louis Alexic, assistant manager of the GM dealer community charging program. Louis, talk a little bit about the evolution of this program that has been, as I understand it, about a year in the making, right? Hey, good morning, Chris. Yeah, so it's, you know, the dealer community charging program is a very exciting program that we're launching here. And we launched with General Motors and you said it exactly right. So our goal, we're aiming to place up to 40,000 level two chargers into rural and urban areas. And just alone in Ohio itself, we have about 7% of the total enrollments of the GM dealers currently that have enrolled in this program and are eager and excited to place chargers into the local communities. So these charging stations, will they be available to all makes and models, or are we talking specifically for GM vehicles? Great question, Chris. Yeah, so these chargers, they will be uh, available for all makes and models. We uh, we welcome GM as well as other um, OEMs to use these chargers and to, uh, to take benefit to know that General Motors, as well as their local dealers, sell EVs. Now, just to clarify, the infrastructure bill that was pushed through Congress earlier this year, people remember the president was touting the fact that a good chunk of that money would be used to build EV charging stations nationwide. Is this part of that program at all? So, Chris, I can't speak exactly to what that bill is going towards. What I can talk to is what General Motors is doing when it comes to the infrastructure. So okay. GM alone, not just this program, but we are, we are uh, allocating over $750 million towards our EV and our EV infrastructure placement. So we have a really great plan out there and we're really excited to see what we can do across all levels. So not just with these 40,000 level two chargers, but we're also going out with DC fast chargers in major metro areas as well. So this is a company initiative, not a like a company government uh, partnership. Correct. So this is a company, this is a General Motors initiative that uh, we mentioned last year, and then we are in full fledge of it now. Uh, with placing up these 40,000 level two chargers. So this is a General Motors initiative because with our with our using our dark advantage, which is the dealers. Yeah. Uh, so because this actually kind of leads to the big question I, I have here, and I'm trying I'm still trying to figure out how all of this will ultimately work, because, again, uh, all of the manufacturers, GM and others are talking about an all electric future, uh, you know, within the foreseeable future. And, you know, this is part of that equation. Is this is this really the best way to expand the reach of charging stations? I mean, it seems to me that we have this tremendous network of refueling stations, conventional gas stations, that logic says will have to convert to EV charging stations eventually if they want to survive. So is this kind of a stopgap way of getting EV charging stations out there in underserved uh, communities until that happens? Or is this a permanent solution that is essentially a paradigm shift in the way we will recharge versus the way we refuel today, if that makes sense. Yeah, great, great question, Chris. And you know what? What the whole purpose of this and with these 40,000 chargers, these are destination chargers. So these are chargers. They're going to be placed where people naturally like to go. Shopping plazas, shopping malls, cinemas, 
restaurants, things along those lines, universities. So the idea is to have a charger available so when a customer drives up with their EV, with their electrical vehicle, they can go ahead and plug in and get a couple of hours of charge while they're naturally handling their other business. So ultimately, this is a permanent situation where we're trying to make charging more accessible so we can really tackle that EV adoption that we are so badly wanting to get to. Now, the first of these charging stations are already out there in Michigan and Wisconsin, as I understand it. How long before we see them here, uh, and, and how many are we talking about? Yes, sir. So I would say it is up it is purely at the dealer's discretion of how fast they want to go. Like I mentioned, we already have 7% of all enrollees that have enrolled from the Ohio area. So the, the dealers are very eager to get started. The conversations with their local communities have already started um, currently. And what, 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 the way it works, essentially, each dealer is allocated or given up to 10 chargers that they can work within their communities to place these chargers where it makes sense. Like I mentioned, hospitals, universities, things mm-hmm. along those lines. So yeah. I would expect to see chargers of the area uh, in a very soon short time. And uh, Ohio is one of, as you said, the f- the first one's Michigan, Wisconsin. Ohio is kind of like this next phase. I understand in one of uh, several states this is going uh, going to be rolled out in phases. Is that kind of the idea here? Yes, sir. That is correct. And it goes about when it comes to the uh, uh, just the amount of enrollments. Like I mentioned, with seven percent right. for being for Ohio. Ohio is making up a pretty large portion of these enrollees. So you can just see the excitement, not only in just our dealers perspectives, but with the actual communities and the businesses, everybody is very eager to get these chargers in Ohio. Like you mentioned with Wisconsin and Michigan, the Midwest is very, very eager and excited to get EV infrastructure and to get the EVs on and in the road. So uh, just to kind of expand on what you were saying earlier, you know, they, they it goes through the dealers, they enroll in the program, then they work with the communities to identify uh, the locations that would be best for these chargers. About how long does it take then for that whole process to work itself out? And I guess, you know, every community would be different, uh, uh, of course, but kind of give us a, a general idea of what this process is from, you know, a, a dealer signing up to be a part of this program to roll this out in their communities, and then these chargers first starting to to show up and be available for people to use. Yeah, so, you know, dealers, as General Motors, as we, as we introduced this program, the main point of this program is our dealers, because, you know, as, as you know, our dealers, that's General Motors' main competitive advantage. And the thing is, the dealers know their own communities and who lives in, those, in their communities better than anybody ever could. Mm-hmm. So by utilizing and working with the dealers, when a dealer enrolls for the program, what they do is they automatically start looking for these community site hosts, let's call them, the business that they want to work with and put these chargers in. Now, each one of the site hosts then gets with the dealer and the dealer and the site host develops some sort of an agreement and uh, an understanding of how these chargers will be placed and exactly when they will be placed. Now, when it comes on a timing cadence, it all depends on the situation. So if you're working, if the dealer is working with a municipality or a city, it might take a bit longer than working with a hospital or a university or vice versa. It all depends on the situation. It's situational based. But I know each one of the parties, the site host and the dealer, they are they're both moving at rapid speeds because they're so excited to get these chargers in place. So the bottom line is that probably within the year 2023, uh, if not in the next weeks or months, but certainly within the course of the next year, we're going to see more and more of these uh, start to pop up in, in communities around Northwest Ohio. 
Yes, Chris, that is that is very accurate. So in 2023, that's when you will really start to see these chargers pop up amongst the communities. And like I said, the 7% in Ohio. So come 2023, you'll see a lot of these chargers placed and installed and ready for use. Uh, it is uh, answering the, the question that so many people have. We get the uh, electric vehicles. Now, how do we keep them charged and keep them running? Again, uh, Louis Alexic is assistant manager of the GM Dealer Community Charging Program. Where do folks learn more about this uh, program if they are uh, interested in getting more information? Anyone who is interested at all, any party at all, um, to locate and to um, reach out to your local dealer as well as EV Live is a great resource for General Motors with has all things EV and it's where customers and anybody can go to learn everything that we're doing when it comes to electric vehicles. It's a fantastic resource. Louie, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it. It was a pleasure, Chris. Thank you very much. So for those who get their health insurance through the healthcare.gov marketplace, a reminder that an important reminder that today is the deadline to sign up or make changes in order for that coverage to take effect on January 1st of 2023. We are joined by Dr. LaShawn McKeever, Director of the Office of Minority Health for the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services. Dr. McKeever, first of all, let's talk a little bit about some of the logistics here. If a person currently has coverage through the marketplace now and does nothing by the end of the day today, does that existing coverage then carry over into the coming year or does it expire? So as you said, today is the day if you are in need of health insurance to go to healthcare.gov to sign up for a health, uh, a health insurance plan through the marketplace. And even if you have health insurance through healthcare.gov, every year health plan options change in cost and coverage and participating providers which is why it is important for customers with plans to come back to healthcare.gov to compare plans as they may find something better that meets their needs. And also, people should update their application as their situations change. The assistance they receive may change as well. Secondly, as we mentioned, today is the deadline to enroll in a plan that will take effect on January 1st. Does that mean someone could still sign up tomorrow or next week and get coverage that would take effect after the first of the year? And you might just have a, a, you know, a week or two where you might not be covered? Or is this a hard and fast deadline that if you miss it, you're out of luck for the entire year? In order to have health insurance that starts January 1st, they must go to healthcare.gov and sign up um, through the marketplace uh, by midnight tonight. Okay. If they miss that deadline, January 15th is the final deadline, which will allow them to have coverage that would start February 1st. Okay. You know, but today, you know, today is, there's no better day than the present. And I think if you need health insurance or if you need to update your um, information on healthcare.gov, I'm encouraging folks to go today and um, visit right. the website you, and sign up. You don't want to. You don't want to be uncovered for a month uh, if you can avoid it, and you can avoid it by doing that today. Now, you mentioned every year there are changes. So, what is new this year that people need to make note of? Well, due to a new law, more people continue to qualify for financial assistance at healthcare.gov. Uh, people will be able to find more affordable health insurance plans that can help cover things like doctor's visits, preventive services, prescription drugs, and more. And also new this year, if you need assistance signing up, we have expanded local help options in communities. 
So by visiting healthcare.gov and selecting find local help, you'll find the options of uh, local resources as well. Now, obviously, uh, it, for a lot of people, it always comes down to money. Uh, what types of premiums should someone expect? And I know this this varies uh, in different parts of the country, but for our area in Ohio generally and Northwest Ohio specifically, uh, what types of premiums are we looking at? Uh, so I'll give you an example. What you pay is based on your age and your family size, your income, and as noted, where you live. So for example, if you live in Toledo, um, a single 30-year-old woman making $30,000 a year can find 12 plans for under $50, and a family of four whose parents are 40 years old and make $66,000 a year can find 12 plans for under $100. So when you think about um, you know, health insurance and the benefits of having health insurance, this is a really important time to take advantage of. So uh, obviously very affordable, but uh, obviously we also don't want, uh, you know, one of the goals is to make sure that finances are not a barrier to getting people the coverage uh, that they need. And so, as you mentioned, there is financial assistance available uh, for those who, you know, even those types of premiums are out of reach. Can you apply for the... Can you apply for the financial uh, assistance there on the same website? Can you do it all uh, in in one seamless process, or how does that work? Yes. So people can apply for health insurance and financial help at healthcare.gov. And it is easier than ever. Um, Customers can also get help filling out their application by calling the Marketplace Call Center. And that number is one 800 318 we offer assistance in 200 languages. The Marketplace Call Center is open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And healthcare.gov is a gateway for connecting to your state's Medicaid and children's health insurance program. So you may find that you qualify for Medicaid, and most Medicaid beneficiaries pay little or no premiums. So all, you know, all around, it's, it's a wonderful opportunity to take advantage of um, health insurance these health insurance options and the financial assistance. By the way, I, I just want to mention, you said uh, assistance is available in 200 languages. I didn't even know that there were 200 languages. So that's, so that's, that's impressive. Just kind of a sidebar uh, on this whole thing. Uh, again, as we mentioned, uh, today is the deadline uh, to sign up for a plan in order to have it take effect on January 1st. So whatever you have on your to-do list today, put this at the top of that list. Dr. D- Dr. LaShawn McKeever, again, is director of the Office of Minority Health for the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services. We threw a lot at folks uh, here this morning, uh, including information about uh, local uh, assistance that is available. Where do folks go for more information so that they can take their time and look through all of this? For more information, people can go to healthcare.gov or or call the Marketplace Call Center, and that number is 1-800-318-2596, and that's available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We will link it up on our webpage as well. Dr. McKeever, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me today. (music) 
to your health this morning. Did you know that this time of year, the holiday season, right around Christmas, New Year's, uh, leads to an increased risk of heart attack and stroke? It's true. And uh, joining us this morning is cardiovascular nurse epidemiologist, Dr. Ivan Commodore Mensa with tips on how to avoid or prevent a holiday heart attack. Uh, Dr. Commodore Mensa, first of all, let me ask the question, why? Why Why is there such a higher incidence of heart attack and stroke this time of year? Well, thank you so much for having me. Um, we know that um, the festive season is the most wonderful time of the year, but it could also be the most stressful time of the year. Activities such as traveling and entertaining guests can contribute to emotional and physical stress. We also know that shopping for gifts can also create some financial pressure. And so these strains or stressors can spike the levels of a hormone we call cortisol as a stress hormone. And people with higher cortisol levels are known to have a higher risk of a heart attack or they're more likely to die if they have a heart attack. So that's one reason, stress. The second reason is skipping medications. During the holidays, people are busy, they're shopping, and sometimes they skip their medications, they forget them when they're away from home and traveling, or they may be unable to refill their medications in a timely manner. The third is that sometimes people may not exercise enough or may exercise too much. And so some may try to get in shape quickly for the holidays to look better. And so do note that um, before you start a new exercise program, it's important to consult with a physician to make sure that you're healthy enough for that exercise program. And the last reason is that sometimes we tend to overeat and overdrink during the holidays. So eating a heavy, high-fat, high-sugar meal um, can increase your um, blood pressure and your heart rate, and that puts a lot of stress on the heart and the, your digestive system. And so if you also drink too much alcohol, that puts extra stress and strain on the heart and the body. And so these are some of the reasons why we see a higher rate of heart attacks during the holiday season. So it's kind of a perfect storm of a multitude of factors. So with that in mind, what are some of the ways that we can prepare for heart-healthy holidays? Right. So we also know that the risk of a heart attack is higher for people who previously had a heart attack or who have heart conditions or irregular heartbeats or even high blood pressure. And so with prevention and moderation, it's possible for us to enjoy the holidays and stay heart healthy. Here are a few tips I'll share. One is that if you are taking medications, get your medications refilled in advance so you don't have to hassle with them during the hectic holiday rush and especially if you're traveling. And also develop a regular workout routine. Don't embark on a drastic pre-holiday workout. And also listen to your body. So there are several signs of a heart attack, and these may include chest pain, jaw pain, shortness of breath. If you feel any of these symptoms, it's important that you pay attention to them. Don't ignore them, because if you're having a heart attack, studies show that any delay in treatment can lower your survival rate. And the last thing I'll share is that while we are celebrating with friends and family, it's important that we look out for them, right? So if you notice that a family member doesn't look well or be experiencing any of these symptoms that I shared, that you encourage them to seek medical care as soon as possible. 
all very important tips. And by the way, these go not just during the holiday season, but year-round. All of this is good information uh, every time of year, but particularly during the holidays, again, when we see that increased uh, incidence of heart attack and stroke. Uh, again, cardiovascular nurse epidemiologist Dr. Yvonne Commodore Mensa on behalf of the American Heart Association. Where do we get more information? For more information, visit nhci.heart.org to learn more about how you can keep your heart healthy during the holidays and all year round. Dr. Commodore Mensa, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Happy holidays. Information that makes a difference. Good mornings with Chris Oaks on 1330 WFIN, WFIN WFIN.com and 95.5 FM. We interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert. Today's update on the odd and unusual side of the news brought to you as a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veterans Services. (laughs) Christian Goggins is, for the time being anyway, an administrator with the the, uh, Phoenix Police Department. The Phoenix Police Department. But now, uh, Officer Goggins is facing an internal investigation after multiple sources report that he was making and distributing pornography while he was assigned to work from home. (laughs) He's on the clock making porn. I'm guessing that was not his assignment. According to news reports uh, out of Phoenix, uh, Goggins was engaging in extremely graphic uh, engaging in producing extremely graphic videos that he was uploading to social media while he was on home duty after uh, looking at the police policy and talking to police sources reporters say it appears anything that discredits the department is a violation of their operations i thought that was that's what kind of made me chuckle on this story they actually had to look it up to find out whether he'd actually broken any rules Are there actually any rules against uh, producing uh, pornography while you're on home duty? Well, apparently, in a roundabout way, uh, yes. It doesn't say that specifically in the rules, but anything that discredits the department is a violation of their operations, and that would include production of homemade porn. So, we'll see how much longer Mr. Goggins is a member of the Phoenix Police Force. Speaking of... Cops uh, doing things that they really shouldn't be doing while on duty. (laughs) There is a leaked audio recording of what sounds like an LAPD deputy getting lucky on the job with another member, what is believed to be another member of law enforcement. (laughs) The, The rookie female officer seemed to be engaged in a very personal activity in a parking structure of the police department the police station parking structure uh suddenly she can be heard on the uh, audio recording warning her partner he was going to rip her underwear (laughs) during their encounter while on the job (laughs) Law, law enforcement sources say they believe that she accidentally turned her radio on just in time to rat on herself There's a rookie officer uh, who may not who may not last on the force very much longer. <laughs> uh, elsewhere, 
And uh, boy, that's unfortunate. That's. <clears throat> uh, elsewhere in the uh, broken news, they say one man's trash is another man's treasure. You've heard that saying, that turn of phrase. But what happens if said trash is actually an arsenal of weapons? A man in Wakefield, Massachusetts, has been arrested after police found a bomb in his car. His excuse? He found it while picking through other people's trash. <laughs> oh, that bomb? Well, that's not mine. I just found that in the trash. Apparently, he said he, cl- he claims he thought it was just a simple road flare and decided to keep it. Police say that they stopped the suspect around 3 a.m. on Sunday for erratic driving and learned his license was suspended, so he was already in trouble. But a search of the car yielded a device that was packed with fireworks, smokeless powder, match heads, six twenty-two caliber bullets, a ball bearing, and an actual road flare to set it all off. The uh, police report said the man told him he picks up other people's trash sometimes and found the device. The suspect, according to the police report, stated he thought it was just a regular road flare, and he stated he would never try to make something like that or harm anyone. Police believe the man might have been making bombs. He was arrested, now faces uh, criminal charges. They weren't uh, necessarily buying his story. Yikes. Oh, that bomb? I found that. That's, uh, that's not mine. <laughs> Wowza. Hmm. A couple of other items in the uh, broken news here this morning. Speaking of uh, old sayings, you've heard the phrase, lightning never strikes twice. Never strikes the same place twice, right? Uh, Well, the folks in Muscle Shoals, Alabama, are certainly hoping that is truly the case. After lightning struck a sewage pump. Ooh, Uh, Local news reports are that Mother Nature uh, was to blame for the nearly 2,000 gallons of sewage that ended up flowing through the surrounding streets Uh, after the lightning strike on a sewage pump. The utilities board manager in Muscle Shoals, Alabama, James Vance, said crews have successfully repaired the physical damage to the plant. Only took them about a half hour, but the emotional and olfactory damage (laughs) that the sewage inflicted upon the community will perhaps take a little more time. The sewage found its way into a nearby storm drain and crews have been working to clean up the area. The escape escape sewage has since flowed into a stormwater retention pond. It's just a real mess that they've got on their hands there in uh, Muscle Shoals, Alabama. Smells lovely this time of year. <clears throat> not the not the sights and the smells of the season that you really want, I think. And finally, in the uh, broken news this morning, how about a sweet story? This uh, I I was just this is amazing. Um, a dog that was missing for seven years has now been re- reunited with her family just in time for Christmas. Jazzy, the dog, ran away from her family in Texas when she was five years old after being spooked by fireworks on the 4th of July. Despite the family's best efforts, her loving owners were unable to find her. Fast forward seven years later, the Orange County Animal Services Office in Orlando, Florida, responded to the call of an abandoned dog at a hotel. Workers scanned 
the dog for a microchip and lo and behold found her original owner's contact information so they picked up the phone and gave gave him a call a woman by the name of carrie who is jazzy's original owner jumped on a plane from texas to florida a few days later and yesterday was reunited the uh, the pair were reunited it was a tearful reunion, says a uh, post by the Orange County Animal Services office on social media. It was a tearful reunion, and it was incredible to watch Jazzy come to life at her owner's voice. The shelter says they have no idea how Jazzy wound up in Florida from Texas, but they are thrilled that she will now get to live out her days back with her loving family. I mean, Jazzy's no spring ki- chicken at this point. She ran away she was five this is seven years later so 12 years old not sure how many years jazzy has left but being reunited with her family that is all kinds of awesome right there there you go that is uh, today's broken news report this update on the odd and unusual side of the news brought to you as a public service more or less of hancock county veterans services we now return you to your regularly scheduled programming kids across america are going to school hungry millions of kids every day but one simple thing can help change all of this for a hungry child in america good healthy food and the energy it brings with help from caring people across america no kid hungry is providing healthy meals and hope to hungry kids so they can build better futures to learn more about ending child hunger in america go to helpnokidhungry.org today this message provided by wfin and now your daily download the numbers behind the news and the statistics that shape our lives one this morning for all of the real life grinches of the world a new survey shows that many of us apparently have something in common with the character whose heart was once three sizes too small there are certain things that really get our inner grinch going during the holiday season according to this survey of 2000 plus americans The number one cause of seasonal stress, shopping malls and shopping centers. 64% of respondents say that that really gets our inner Grinch going. 64% uh, say that crowded shopping malls and shopping centers raise our stress levels. 59% cited airports at the holidays. 58% say they hate the stress of the post office. This time of year and mailing out, shipping out all of those packages and uh, and so on. Sixty percent say the crowds at all of these places get their Grinch on. Fifty three percent say it's the lines and fifty two percent say it's just all of the noise. This uh, poll commissioned by International Delight, 43 percent say that they hate Facebook during the holidays. (laughs) I wonder how many of those just hate Facebook, period, but especially during the holidays. 40% say they dislike TikTok. 36% dislike Instagram during the holiday season. Uh, It seems intrusive holiday shopping advertisements and insensitive comments get on the nerves of 48% of those in the poll. And overplayed songs were also a cause of stress this time of year. Overplayed Christmas music. 25% say Jingle Bells is the one that they hear too much. Uh, Another 25% 
Say, we wish you a Merry Christmas is the one that really gets their Grinch going. <laughs> we wish you a Merry Christmas. Ah, shut up. <laughs> By the way, Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You, which you hear all the time, was only ranked fifth in the overplayed category at 22%, at least according to this poll. So the things that get our inner Grinch going at this time of year. Well, now another installment of our holiday gift-giving series. The Modern Man, Mike Bako, is with us once again. He is Trends Editor for the Daily National with some of his favorite steals and deals of the season. Mike, we were talking the other day about this uh, holiday forecast that 80% of shoppers are planning to spend at least as much, if not more, this year for their gift-giving than they did last year. What is the best way to put all of that money to good use. Yeah, and, re- and retailers are happy about that because yeah. on average people spent about $800 last year. They're looking to spend the same this year. And also, if you just kind of look at the, the Google Trends, you know, data is showing for searches, financial matters are up about 350%. So some of that is looking into the jobs market. Some of that is thinking about inflation. But whatever it is, finances are top of mind for so many people. So instead of you know, worrying about, uh, you know, different things like inflation, they're going to just kind of go to the bottom line. And when they're looking to buy things, it's important to know how you're going to pay for those things. And there's a recent new development called Buy Now, Pay Later. There are these Buy Now, Pay Later platforms. One is called Square, one is called Afterpay. And they're really the perfect way to shop for your favorite brands. It allows for interest-free payments. So you're able to do that in terms of four interest-free bi-weekly payments. Mm-hmm. It sends you uh, it sends you a text or an email reminder to make sure you have funds in your account. It's fantastic. You can do that in-store or you can do that on the app. So a real go-to for me and for people that are looking to manage their finances this time of year is Square and Afterpay. All right. So uh, let's talk gift ideas. Uh, what is at the top of your list here? The top of my list has to be the GoPro Hero 11 Black. Now, I've got two kids. They're running around the playground. They're starting to play sports. I want to capture all of that footage. So with the GoPro Hero 11 Black, it's great for family members. You want to capture those moments that you want to save for your rest of your lifetime. It's also great for what you think GoPros are great for, jumping out of airplanes, skiing down a mountain, (laughs) doing outdoor things, all of that great stuff. One of the reasons why it's so great is because it's got 5.3K video. If you're a sports fan and you watch sports at home and you could upgrade to the higher resolution, it's only 4K. So the GoPro Hero 11 Black is giving you 5.3K video. Also has great depth of field, color, highest level of video stabilization, which is great. Also, one of the features, you don't have to be a big techie to utilize this. You could create highlight reels of your footage on the GoPro app, so you could use the GoPro Quick app to help you do that. For more information on everything that GoPro offers, you can go to GoPro.com. Now, I'm guessing that is not the only tech gadget on your list. What else stands out to you this year? Yeah, it all begins and ends with smartphones. We do everything on our smartphones. We obviously make calls and communicate with people, but we we do our work on it. We manage our finances on it. We keep track of, of basically everything that we do in the course of our lives. So this is something that caught my eye. T-Mobile is bringing back a deal so good. It hasn't been seen in years. Four lines for $25 a line per month with 
auto pay for unlimited talk, text, and data, including 5G access. So what that means is that you could switch a whole family of four to T-Mobile's essential plan for just $100 a month and get access to the largest, fastest, and most reliable 5G network. Also, you'll have access to Samsung Galaxy 5G smartphones. You could save up to $1,000 off on that. So if you're interested in the T-Mobile offer, you go to T-Mobile.com slash offers. So everyone has on their list at least one person that is impossible to shop for. I know I do, uh, and and it's a, it's a thing every year. It comes back, what do I get? You have a unique gift idea for all of those hard-to-shop-for people on your holiday list. Yeah, there's this new trend that's it's really kind of taking the country, you know, very much interested in being a little bit more sustainable. So it's called the socially conscious consumer, and they value sustainability over things. And a company that can really help with that is called TerraCycle, and they offer something called the Zero Waste Box, and it picks up where local recycle recycling programs stop. So if you're like my my household, it's Christmas morning, there's mountains of gift wrap and plastic packaging thrown everywhere. Time for cleanup time. A lot of people don't realize that gift wrapping cannot be recycled. That's right. So to avoid the 4.6 million pounds of wrapping paper that ends up in a landfill this year, instead turn to TerraCycle and they've got the holiday decorations zero waste box as well as the plastic packaging zero waste box. So these are two boxes that can help with your recycling needs, basically pick up where the local recycling programs stop. They also have a variety of boxes that you can use all year round. TerraCycle is the program. It's what I'm going to be using in my household. I would advocate it for everyone that's just going to have that unwrapping and the, the plastic packaging and all those things that the, that the gifts actually come in. You could utilize TerraCycle and you go to TerraCycle.com to figure out how you can get your boxes. He is the modern man, Mike Bako, uh, trends editor for the Daily National with some of his uh, favorite steals and deals of the season as we get closer and closer to the holiday. Where do we go for more info on all of this? You could go to the websites that I mentioned for the products, of course, and you could also follow me on social at Mike Bako as well as dailynational.com. We'll get it linked up at our webpage, of course. Mike, thanks very much for taking the time. Happy holidays. Always a pleasure. Happy holidays to you. And with that, we will put the wraps on our podcast for today. Remember, you can check out our webpage for more details on all of the topics that we talk about each and every day on the program. Check us out online. Our little corner of the World Wide Web is at goodmornings.net. So until tomorrow morning, that is Good Mornings for this morning. Now that you've had a good morning, go on out and make it a good day. We'll catch you back here tomorrow to finish up the week. Good morning.